Hi, my name is Jojo, and I'm listening to the Grapevine. What's going on, Austin? Surrounding areas. Hey, wherever you are, this is the Grapevine here on KAZI 88.7 FM. If you're online, www.kazifm.org. As always, I am Giannis Banks. And I'm here with my patient co-host. Let me find your... Well, she, when she gets to the mic, my patient co-host, Miss Nikki Wooding, she's getting set up, and we're gonna have another fun conversation with y'all, y'all today. Hopefully, y'all had a good weekend or a good week, I should say, ready for the weekend, enjoying this bipolar weather that comes when you live in Texas, where beginning of the week you can wear shorts, and by the end of the week you're wearing jackets and hoodies and sweatshirts and whatnot, and Looks like it's going to try, to try to do the same thing tomorrow. Ah, so, yeah. I mean, next week. Why I say tomorrow for? My head is all over the place. Yeah. So, get ready for some weather. Enjoy the cool weekend. It's almost some 80s by Monday. See, I, I can't. This roller coaster, man. That's how people get sick. We're in the 30s and 50s over the weekend. Next thing you know, we're in the 80s. This is how people get sick. That's all I'm saying. Um, is how folks struggle. Yeah. That's how folks can't make it, man. Be getting sick over the, this crazy weather. It's been wild. How you doing, ma'am? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm yeah. winging it today because yeah. I don't have... My headphones. Well, that's okay. I lost my cord. Oh. So I was trying to improvise, guys. You know how Prairie View produces productive people? And still fail. And they leave Prairie View and go on to other places that's going to treat them better. We're going to talk about that a little later on. Wow. We, no, we don't still fail, actually. We, I'm here with you. We're going we're gonna to talk about the, the beautiful part is your headphones. You only really need if somebody's calling in, you'll be all right. Unless somebody calls in, then I have to relay what they say. And we'll do that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, as we start off the show, well, how are you doing? Let me do that first. I'm doing all right. I mean, it's Friday. It's Friday. Yeah, it's yeah. Friday. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, we have a holiday coming up. We some, have President's Day. Yeah, so, some of y'all do. for the people that do have the day off, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know what I intend to do? Nothing. Sleep. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's all I want to do. 
Yeah. Is sleep. So that's my, that's the plan. That's good. Yeah. That's I thought so. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot going on um, in the world. Yeah. There's been a lot there going has. on. Um, you know, tragically, there was a, another shooting um, in El Paso. Right. It actually was right down the street from where the previous one happened a few years ago. Right. So if you don't recall, there was, like you were saying, there was an, uh, a shooting in El Paso a couple of years ago at that Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, and this recent shooting that happened, this was, I think, at a mall, Cielo. Cielo Mall, yeah, which is yeah. Like right beside it, right next to I used to live in Walmart in, in that area. Wait, you used to live in Walmart? El Paso. Okay, I'm about to say, let me I'm, talk to your parents I'm, so they I'm know. What's really going on? A little tired. Um, yeah. Did you say roll tired? I said I used to. I'm a little tired. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nah. nah. Yeah. So I, I'm familiar with that area um, mm-hmm. fairly well, and it's it's it, it shouldn't have happened. You know, right now one is one person is dead and three others were injured. Right. Uh, and so. Like I said, it's right down the street from where it happened before. Um, gun was drawn in a food court mm. after a fight. Uh, and the cause of the altercation, they have not said what it is yet. So, but this kind of stuff still isn't supposed to be happening. They had a whole conversation. Oh, they had a whole conversation about um, there was a. El Paso was one of the focus before we went to uh, the shooting that happened uh, with the elementary schools. There was a big mm-hmm. concern while the session was in. The governor said, we're going to do something about this. Went out there and everything. Uh-huh. Didn't do anything about there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, you know, as always with any mass shooting, because, you know, since we have gone on air from last week, there was the shooting in Michigan as well. Yes. So, you know, there has been... You know, continued gun violence that's happening in these mass shootings. I think we're in over sixty mass shootings in this year alone already. So you know, more than seventy. More than seventy. More than seventy. Wow. And you know, I, I think that it's the conversation that happens every time. You know, people want some change, some reform for gun laws, and all that's usually received is thoughts and prayers. And, you know, we're just looking for action and want to see when that can happen. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, uh, thoughts and prayers wasn't even given, wasn't even given last night um, at the State of the State address that was done by Governor Abbott. He didn't even mention uh, El Paso. He didn't even mention El Paso um, during his state of the state address no no word about that he did talk about gun safety but his thing was not doing any gun safety laws mm-hmm. uh, he said well we're just gonna you know add 10 years to those who uh possess guns illegally that's was basically it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that was his conversation about gun safety laws and you know, I, I I listened to it on the way in. You know, I told you I missed it last night. So yeah, I, I did too. Uh, it was thankfully only thirty some odd minutes long. So it was really it, it was that short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that that bad. So the state of Texas only was thirty minutes long. Yeah, give or take. Okay, thirty some odd minutes. Uh-huh. Okay. He um he he laid out his priority issues 
for the legislative session. Right. Uh, which is the issues that they can take up right now. Normally, they have to wait, uh, I believe it's, uh, what is it, 60 days before bills can hit the floor and start to do stuff with them. Mm-hmm. But it, when the governor lays out his priorities, these are ones that are coming to the forefront. And typically, if stuff from this list doesn't get passed, he'll call them back for special session. Mm-hmm. So his seven items were cutting property taxes, mm-hmm. ending COVID-19 restrictions forever. Wait, what? Yeah. He wants to allow no government, I guess, entity. He said no government. I guess he's trying to even say ever, ever. to be able to restrict anything. Any COVID restrictions. No well, way. is this due to COVID or any pandemic? He said COVID um, for pandemics. He is looking to set it up so that if there is another pandemic, the legislator has to come back into session to deal with it. Wow. Which is what they wanted him to do last session. was, a, And he didn't want to give that power up. So... Remember I told you he's trying to run for president? Right. Uh-huh. He's trying to run for president. So he's going to make that happen. Now, I don't know what that means. How are you going to limit it forever? So if there's an up flare, there's, you can't make them wear a mask. You can't make them do social distancing. You can't make them shut down schools. You can't. He's saying, nah, none of that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say forever. I don't know what forever means. He wants to expand, quote unquote, school choice, which means vouchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says making schools safer. He didn't even mention, Making certain schools safer. Right. He didn't even mention Uvalde in, in that conversation. Um, wow. Ending revolving door bail policies. Uh-huh. And securing the state's border with Mexico and cracking down on fentanyl. What's revolving door bail policies? So it's this battle they're having with Harris County. Um, okay. Where they're looking at some of the bail reforms that were done. And, yeah, some of them were set up if they're nonviolent crimes that you can you won't have a high bail to get out because it's been just disproportionately affecting people of color with that and and what have you. Well, Mm -hmm. he doesn't like it. So he wants to just get rid of that, basically. Uh, I guess if you had some criminal past or whatever, not going to have the low... What low low floor for you to be able to get out? So, right. um, yeah, he did this conversation in San Marcos. Normally, it's done in Texas Capitol. It wasn't. It was at some private business in San Marcos, and right. media wasn't allowed to attend. Um, no media can attend. But he's running for office. Doesn't he want the publicity? Yeah, it was still streamed, but media couldn't be there, so he couldn't ask him any questions. Wow. Only invited people could come, um, and if you did show up, you had to turn over your phone. And sign a non-disclosure form. To hear the governor speak. About the state of Texas. Right. We have to go through all these hoops just to hear the state of our... If you were invited. State of our state. Right. If you were invited. We all should be invited. We're Texans. If it was in the Capitol, that would have been the case. This is why we... The elections matter, guys. Yeah. This is why elections matter. And this is why your vote matters. Uh, All the people that sat on the sidelines and said, Oh, no. You know, he ain't going to get it anyway. We were so close. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this. He, he talked about having healthier schools and making sure your schools have the health people that's needed there. Well, I guess this is what he didn't go into Healthier? Details. What does that mean? A better school lunch? Or does that mean no, more counselors? I don't know if that meant counselors or nurses or what. Right. Not, he didn't go into details. But I can tell you this. A few sessions ago, there was a state rep. Um, I'm trying to remember who, who it was. It might have even been a senator. They had a bill that... All it would have done is right. said that if your school did not have a full-time guidance counselor or nurse, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. 
a notice had to be sent to the parents so the parents know that you don't have it. Right. Passed the House, passed the Senate, got to his desk. He vetoed the bill, said that, you know, they don't need to be telling parents, you know, that that's not part of what TEA or whoever needs to be doing. I'm like, okay, so it's a simple bill. You talk about parental rights and things they need to know. Right. You would, because I think most people think that your school has a full-time nurse. It, right. For or, most part, right. Right. Or a full-time guidance counselor. Because you have kids with asthma and allergies. You want to you, you you make that sure. somebody is right. They're always there. Because of how they were, the funding they were giving the schools, not all schools had that. Especially in the rural areas. But there's some inner city schools or urban areas as well where you don't have a full-time nurse. They rotate around the district. Right. You don't know that until something happens. And you're wondering why the principal couldn't be found to give your student whatever they needed because they were the designated person to give a shot or whoever the person is. And, you know, that's it, just so people know, you know, for, for instance, the fact that some schools don't have school nurses is not uncommon these days because there's a shortage everywhere. Right. Um, this was not unique because when we lived in Maryland, we dealt with the same thing. But we also got notice. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like what you just said, if there is an allergy, if there is a concern that you know who to talk to and don't have an expectation that you're going to be forwarded to a nurse or a medical professional there on campus right. because there's not someone there's not anyone there that can provide those services. Right. That is just strange the fact that he is just so adamant that a parent should know. He was about 4 5 6 years ago when this was now they're going to make sure we have nurses at all the campuses. Because okay. if the parents had known, of course that would have been a election thing that would be yep. brought up right but though the fact that he wanted to take away the fact of notification to the parents should have been well, they a, were never being notified the fact that he didn't want them to start notifying them that, that was what the bill was doing was, was starting to let people know hey by the way it's not happening right um so yeah oh wow okay uh-huh so much fun Right. Um, um, speaking of so much fun, we're having so much fun in Prairie View. <laughs> y'all are. We are. So if you haven't heard, though, Dr. Ruth Simmons, she is the president of the university. Well, she is stepping down. Um, she, well, this is nothing new because right. we had already talked about the fact that she planned to, right. to retire. Right. Um, she announced that, I think, in last year, she March. Last year. Something yeah. Like mm -hmm. Something like that. Um and now it seems that this is going to be more immediate than in the, in, in, than previously announced. So there is some issue that's going on between her and I guess Texas A&M. Because if you know the structure of Prairie View and how kind of the trickle down or authority mm -hmm. um, uh, is lined up at the school, you have... Ruth Simmons, or Doctor, excuse me, Doctor Ruth Simmons, who mm -hmm. is the president, right? But she is kind of uh, supervised, if you will. They're under the A and M system, so right so the under the Texas A and M board of directors, right? Don't know what's have hap what has happened, but she sent a letter out, right, last week. Mm -hmm. That was saying that it's with great sadness she has the right to inform that she will leave her position of president mm -hmm. at the end of February, right. And, and no one she is more surprised than she was by that. Huh? No one is more surprised by that than she was. Correct. Right. But then to even take it further, she was saying that she did not want to have the 
title of president basically without any authority under that title. And that the powers that be Mm -hmm. were taking away that authority. And from the news release that was, or press release that was put out, Mm -hmm. it had to do something with hiring. Right. The chancellor of the system, John Sharp. Yeah. He had said that they don't allow um, retiring, I guess, presidents or what have you to do any of those hirings for higher level staff or deans. Right. Uh, They only allow interim people to do that. And he said they wouldn't make an exception for her. Right. And I don't know what positions were empty at Prairie View. It seems like there were dean faculty positions. Right. It seems like these are important positions that we need to get filled. And she wanted to set the new president up in a way that she would be. You know, you come in on the ground running. You're, you're right. handling what you need to handle. Uh, I don't know. I think something we talked about, and I can't say I know this for a fact. I feel like she's probably was talking to the new president to yeah. have input on who the people is that you know I, would I, be there. I would believe that. I don't uh, see her as a person that would be doing that stuff like behind somebody's back. She wouldn't be doing a, a Donald Trump thing, trying to set up some folks that I right. support in your administration. She's not leaving. She wasn't leaving because she she didn't want to leave. She's leaving because she had decided to leave, and she still was going to teach at PV. Well, she was. That was the plan. She was going to go and continue her relationship with the university, like you just said, uh-huh. would teach there. Yep. I think she said she also was going to be a part of some of the initiatives. She said and she wanted to be there things forever. Of that nature. Yep. Now all of a sudden, Amen. she going to Rice. Got to go. What happened? The Rice president reached out to her. I was like, say. Um, we got this president's distinguished fellow thing. We glad to have you come over here. So she now will work on a variety of programs across campus and advise the president office on various matters. What happened? And the statement from uh, Rice says, often cited as one of the most consequential higher education leaders of this generation. Mm, tell it. And one of the most important and compelling local and national leaders. Uh-huh. Simmons have served universities, corporations, and nonprofit organizations in advisory capacity. Rice University President Reginald DeRocha said, I am grateful and excited she will continue her broad and impactful outreach from her position at Rice. Say it. Because that could have been us. Mm-hmm. It could have been her doing that in purple and gold. But here we are playing. And you know what? I don't even want to say it's Prairie View playing. She's still wearing purple. I know, but I still don't think it's Prairie it's View that Prairie was playing. View, it was definitely the, Texas A&M. It's and this is them. an example of when people say HBCUs. I remember that there was an HBCU that gave a scholarship to a white student. You know, people were pushing back about that. People didn't like certain policies, I guess, that are passed on some campuses. Yeah. Wonder why they do certain things. Sometimes it's not the schools. So these some a lot, a lot of the HBCUs are run by state the border regions. Right. Well, the border, the border region in their respective them. state. Right. So whether it is, you know, North Carolina, they have UNC out yep. here. We have Texas A&M and, you have and UT, UT, you know. Texas um, State has a system that they're in as well. There's Oh, yeah. There's like a whole bunch of different systems out right. there, whether it's Florida. It doesn't matter. Right. And the thing is, you know, in order for the HBCUs to get their money, they have to comply with certain things that these board of regions put into place and take the t- and to take that further usually within our articles of incorporation or something to that magnitude they've carved some authority out for themselves whether it is buying power mm-hmm. whether it is um 
hiring power, whatever, whatever it is, to make sure that they have sure. a hand well, in, the in the operations. If as you're in the HBCUs. school system, yeah, all the schools. And I, to be clear, it's not just the HBCUs that do that too. It's right. All the schools in the system. They 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 have their fingers in right. Um, and, well, I just think it's a common myth at uh, at every HBCU that we run our own show, except for TSU. What do you mean? TSU is not part of a system. Well, I don't think Howard is too. I mean, there's a lot of schools that are, they're, they're pri- 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 right. Private, they're private but, schools. But, but, uh, TSU is a public school. I think they're the only public HBCU um, that's not a part of a system. So they have and they were going broke. Remember? And they, have, and they have their own. I mean, their board of regents is still appointed by the governor of the state. So there's that. I understand, of, but remember, they were leasing out their buildings because right. they were going broke. Right, and then they're coming 10, 20 years ago. We're going to talk about that part too. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that too. Yeah, I think part of the issue for PV or the way the borders regions is set up, there's no requirement that the person has to be from the different universities. Mm-hmm. You ain't even got to be from any of them universities. You can be right. from elsewhere. So there's there might be a person now, maybe. Um, I can't remember. It's been a while since I looked, but for the, a long time, mm-hmm. there was never anybody with ties to Prairie View on the border regions. Right. Uh, and I don't, I can't even say there was a, if there was a black person on the, on the A&M border regions or not, and so don't quote me on that one, but there was, hadn't been anybody with Prairie View's interest in mind. So the decisions being made about Prairie View were being made by people who have no ties and want to see the school do well, per mm-hmm. se. Like, if you go to UT and you're on UT border regents, over the system, you're gonna make sure UT they do that anyway. It's taken care of. If you're from, you're gonna make sure your alma mater is being treated nice, right? So you didn't have that representation, and this is showing something. It's something between her and Sharp, um, John Sharp, who's the chancellor of the Board of Regents of A&M System. Um, this lays at his feet. I guess the only one that is black that I found on the board mm-hmm. is literally the student. Um, yeah, representative. Mm, I was going to say that. Yeah, that's Harold, and that's it. Yeah. Other than that, on the Texas A and M border region, and he goes to Texas A and M. He doesn't go to Prairie View. Right. So let's make that known and as I well. I don't think he has any vo- voting power either. I think he's, I don't. Like a, I don't it's believe like an so either. Official kind of position. Yeah. Um. So, so you just, he goes to A and M Commerce, so he ain't worried about Prairie View. He's not, and like I said, these are. I'm going through every single profile. Yeah. It is a white man. Yeah. And they have not one black person except for the student on the board without any voting power. They have ties to the, the governor. The governor appoints them. So somehow, some way, they have ties, whether they was a financial donor wow, or whatnot. Um, you know, it's his choice. And there's only one woman on the board, period. Mm-hmm. Everybody else. Yeah. His okay. choice. Wow. Or the previous. Well, he's been there long enough, so they all should be his choice. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> Who? Um, Abbott's, Abbott's choice. No, I'm saying oh. all, they, Abbott's been in office long enough. Governor Abbott's been in office long enough that they should all be his choice. Right. Unless there was some carryover from when Rick Perry was there and he liked them and he just kept reappointing them. Mm-hmm. If not, they were all Abbott picks. Well, I guess Prairie View is the only one dealing with people leaving. So is the city of Austin. Yeah, man. It got kind of, it's been a tense week or so. Okay. Um, <laughs> with what happened with the winter storm. Right. Um, where the power had been out for, what, over a week in Austin and what have you. A lot of city council and the new mayor were not happy that that happened to Austin, and rightfully so. Right. Uh, and they were saying that the blame fought, fell squarely at the feet of the city manager. 
So on Wednesday, 10 to 1 vote, they mm-hmm. voted to relieve him of his duties. Yikes. Uh, and said that, you know, we have, they don't have the confidence in him to do his job. They feel like he had failed the city. Uh, and Kirk Watson named his inter- uh, interim city manager by the name of Jesus, um, I think it's Garcia. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was the city manager for Mayor Watson the first time he was there. There are some people who are concerned with that pick. Why? Um, because they it's just the interim. They still have to go through the process to hire right. a permanent, which is going to take about a year or so, probably. So then what's the concern of the um, pick? There's a lot of people who didn't like the way he ran the city the first time around he mm-hmm. was there. And I think there were those who felt like they wanted to have more input into who the interim person would be. Mm-hmm. So, But nonetheless, he is there. It is now his interim job. Um, Spencer Crunk, we wish him well. He Part of his contract is that if they fired him, that he would get a year salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, his severance pay, which would be about $463,000. Uh, which will be his salary and other benefits that he will get for a year. Wait, uh, so four hundred thousand dollars and benefits. Four hundred sixty-three thousand. Well, that's that's and that's equal to his salary and other benefits. So his health care he'll still keep, and that I think his salary was two something, or might have been a little bit more than that. So uh, he had two hundred thousand dollars for the benefits. Nah, it might have been three something. I, yeah, don't, don't hold me to it. It's been a while since I looked at it. Okay, I know he's the sec- he was the second highest paid person in, in the city of Austin. Jose Garza. Garza is his name. Mm. Um, so, mm. yeah, I know that the one person that voted against it, this happening was uh, Natasha Hopper Madison because she said, like, this is not going to fix anything by just firing him and acting like that's going to change or fix something. We're not addressing the real issues or the root of the matters. But, um, yeah, city council members got the, there was the freeze that really did it. And then there was a police contract negotiation. Um, so he's out and now Austin will be looking for another city manager and time will tell who that is. If you have ideas of somebody you want to look who that you would want that to be, I'll let your city council member, I guess. I mean, I know some people that probably would be a good candidate for it, but uh, yeah, shot, I'm going to go a, ahead and put their resume in. I shot a text to a buddy of mine. Yeah. And he might be more interested in one of the assistant city managers because those roles have there's some of those that left before this happened mm-hmm. uh, that they would need to fill as well so mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what he do yeah and i got headphones all right there you Yay. go i was winging it man uh, it's okay you know what i'm saying there has been many times i even had headphones and didn't have them on and <laughs> when i used to be in here with jay uh-huh. I was like, whatever dog i know what you i'm good yes yeah, so now i can hear myself i know what i sound like i'm straight jay i whatever. know i just want to make sure i sound to everybody else. Uh, you good. You know, we were talking about HBCUs and we right. talked about money. Right. As money, we, money, money, money. We've mentioned before the state has uh, $53 billion. No, I'm sorry, $33 billion of surplus money to play with. We do. With. And then you do something. We're going to make it. sure we have nurses in schools, right? Allegedly. Okay. There's going to be health. Health. See, school. Yeah. I didn't really get into what that <laughs> meant. Um, so there was a report that came out that talked about how uh over the years Mm -hmm. black land grant universities hbcus Mm -hmm. have been underfunded at at least 12 billion so over the last three decades Mm -hmm. um 
and you know they highlighted some of the ones that's been old like carolina a&t it's been uh-huh. underfunded total if you add inflation mm-hmm. 2.8 billion um bits of the b y'all right b schools in two states delaware and ohio were not underfunded at all of course one of them had to fight and do a lawsuit to get their money um that's whatever but yeah we we are looking at what schools are old i think you know prairie view of course was on the list yeah yeah how much we owe one billion see with a b Mm -hmm. yeah uh, let's see if that, yeah. So if you recall, remember a couple of weeks ago, we did talk about, you know, Florida A&M, I believe that was a school mm-hmm. um, that was filing against the state to get their um, earned or underfunded money. Right. And I think in that case, that were they almost at a billion, too? They were. It was a lot. It was a lot. I do remember that much. I don't remember the exact number. It was a lot. PV was supposed to have been treated on the same ground as a as A&M and UT because mm-hmm. uh, they were land grant schools and was supposed to be funded as such. But we know how that works over time, right? Right. Well, TSU, which isn't a land grant school, but they said you owe us money and we're gonna come for hours. You're gonna pay what you owe mm-hmm. since we have this nice surplus of money. Right. They're asking for a billion dollars from the state of Texas yep. since they have to do the budget. Yep. They said, you know what? Why not? We gonna, right. We swing in for the fences. Um, they are asking for four, $414.6 million for its academic centers of excellence, mm-hmm. $163 million for the Research Amplific- Amplification Fund, right. $153 million for the College of Transdisciplinary Studies, $77 million for its academic and student resource initiative, $26 million for its mental health institute, and $146 million for the campus health and safety program. All right. So all of this money has already been kind of earmarked in some respect. Are they just making up numbers or how do we come to the number that what they were underfunded? Um, and this is what I guess they're asking. Some of these, I guess they want to create and this Correct. is what it will cost. Well, are they saying that's where the money that they were owed would be going to turn to, you know, strengthen their cause? Or is this more or less, you know, like, hey, state said you can do A, B and C. And we are saying we're doing A, B and C. We want our money for it. I think this is what they're looking for to go above and beyond of what they need to be doing. Um, And you owe us money. So you're going to pay uh, cover some of the worker shortage mm-hmm. um, and they said in critical industries such as occupations aviation pharmaceutical what have you right um, yeah mm. so TSU Texas Southern is one of the 11 HBCUs with the coveted R2 status which I believe is the research level currently no HBCUs in the nation hold the R1 status they want to maintain that current research status while working towards becoming a R1 research one status by elevating groundbreaking research and provide data. So they want to, they're trying to do better. Right. It's like, you hold us to a standard. You want us to do better. Cool. Help us do better. You got this money now. You ain't never. Not either you have the money now. You've had our money. You have. Right. So what they're saying is, it sounds like to me is the state of Texas has had their money. They've been holding on to it for whatever reason. They've been giving it out to other places. Okay. So they've been giving it out to other places for whatever reason. Yeah, you too. And um, now they're asking for their money back. They're saying that they have earmarked this money for specific programs, it seemed like. And they need that money to go ahead and execute. Yeah. They're like, I'm not, hey. 
Mm. You haven't done what you're supposed to do. So has Prairie View gone ahead and like you, like you said a minute ago, I think you said we owed a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So you know, in order to get our money, I guess we got to file a suit. I wonder if or you they doing the appropriation discussions right now in the legislature. You can go ask for it. Right. Like that's what TSU is doing right now. Whether they give it to you or not um, is a whole nother story. Right. But you can go ask for it right now while that decision is being made. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to do a lawsuit, it will probably strengthen your lawsuit if you go ask for this part right. of this billion now. And then they don't do and it. And they give you peanuts or what have you. Then it's like, okay, even when you had the money, mm-hmm. you can make an argument that your budget wasn't there to give me all that you've owed me over years, previous budgets, because of how tight that might have been. Right. But you have the surplus now. Mm-hmm. So what is your argument now that you have the surplus and you could do it and you didn't? And I can tell you that Texas um, has a history of having money and not doing it years ago. They had a study done to see how much it would cost to, I believe it was like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. That is so sounds so long ago um they had a study done to show how much it needs to pay to fully fund public education like it's supposed to right they went to texas Mm a&m hired the researchers there come do this study let us know what it is right a&m came back to the ledge boom here's the report here's what how much you would have to fund to properly fund education in texas they looked at that report said oh no that's too much tore it up we can't do do it We, we ain't doing that we we put something on it we're, we're not going to give what you say we should and we'll, we'll, we'll give just, you health we'll spin it like, right it's enough you can make it work make it work right. so texas has a history of saying okay yeah we still ain't gonna do it though so um i hadn't seen anything about prairie view asking for what, what y'all have asked for i don't say i won't say that y'all haven't asked i see evidence of us asking for i think she's at rice right now yeah she gone um, because even if Prairie View would have asked for the money, they had to go through the border regions to ask for it. To, well, it depends. They have to go to the legislators, have the legislator of, appropriate it to Texas A and M. They will appropriate it straight to Prairie View. Now, if I wanted to give money as an individual, you have to company, go through A and I have to go to A and M. But from the legislator standpoint, they can fund it directly to Prairie View, and it wouldn't go through A and M. They they will have it. And, I can show you the, the budget, which is like that thick and always fun to read. Y'all can't see it, but she saw how thick it was. Right. Y'all can see how it, it will have everything laid out. And right. it will have all the schools laid out of what they're getting from the state, not having to go through A&M to give them the funds. This will go straight to said university. I'm just saying that it's kind of awkward that the timing of all this and, you know, if she were to go ahead and request that funds and it came to Prairie View A&M University, then it would bypass Texas A&M, which all this time, it seems like they've always had a little hand in the pot, the uh, t- a Prairie View A&M pot to take their percentage off of the top before it was trickled down. They did for donations. Like when... Right, um, for donations and things that... Scott gave money to Prairie View. Mm-hmm. Really? She had to... I'm, from talking to people I've known I I was always told that from that I have to believe that it might have been more she gave to Mm -hmm. TV but A&M got a cut of some of that money so equal 50 just how that always been with A&M always like you gonna give it to them you gonna give us some hook us up too that's how it's been for a while Uh, I think that's why you had some people who, who there's plus and minuses of being under a school system. Exactly. Is there? I mean, well, that's a probably an offline conversation. But 
what would be the process for Prairie View to become in a private or independent institution? Work through the legislature, and, and, and I guess the border regions would probably have to have some way in or say or whatever. Because um, there's always those conversations about how TSU needs to just join some system, and TSU was like, "No, we don't want to be beholden like how Prairie View is with you give money." I gotta give you some, right? We want to stay independent on and on our own, right? So, um, you know, hey, Prairie View, get in the game. Um, the hearings are happening now. Whatever you've asked, I don't know. And you know what? Since we're on the topic of politics, you know, um, since you brought up the legislator, what's going on in American politics? So we have George Santos. We always got George. Santos. I knew. So he's barricaded himself in a district office. And I think it was funny because last night me and you were having a conversation about George Santos. And there's always something, of course, going on. And one interesting thing is like last week you said that he said, you know, uh, he being George says that he's not going to, um, I guess, run from yeah, the he's public. Not, he's not hiding. He's not going to hide and everything else. And yeah. now we have word that he's barricading himself in the district office because people don't like, he doesn't like what people are saying. He hid. Yeah. Right. 25 of his constituents mm-hmm. chanted as they tried to get hand him over a petition. Right. Which they said more than a thousand signatures were on the paper basically asking for him to resign. Uh-huh. Um, they, he ref- said he refused to meet with, quote unquote, the mob is what a staffer told him mm-hmm. so he said he ain't going nowhere and he ain't hiding but then he goes home and hides and hides right um yeah cops have to show up and um block off folks and whatnot so mm-hmm. yeah it was it was it was a mess yeah okay but i mean mm-hmm. what's a week without george santos news right yeah. Um, but also what I want to is an interesting story. So black and Latinos, they have a limit on diversity hiring here in Texas. Yeah. So part of what your governor is pushing, Governor Abbott, is that they want to. So appropriately song. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. He, uh, <laughs> he's ordering state agencies to limit and not get involved with diversity, equity, inclusion. And that includes with their hiring practices, uh, you know. Saying that, yo, we don't need to be doing any DEI. We need to have no policies. Uh, it was a direct order from Abbott, Abbott. from mm-hmm. the university and state agencies to strike down those policies from their hiring practices. And so you had the uh, te- Texas Black, why did I just forget the name? TLBC, Texas Le- Legislative Black, Black Caucus. Caucus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Ma- Malk, which is uh, the Mexican American Legislative mm-hmm. Caucus. You had the Texas NAACP there. Mm-hmm. You had faith leaders and you had educators mm-hmm. there as a press conference. They had um, striking that down and asking for yep. some financial penalties coming from the way of the sports leagues, NFL, right. NBA. Major League Baseball, NCAA, to not host championship games in the state of Texas. Well, we know it's already NCAA is coming to Houston for men's, and they're going to Dallas for women's. Mm -hmm. So for this year, excuse me. Right. So next month, you know, they've got the teams kind of rolling in already. Right. So um, I don't know how effective that's going to be to remove that. I know that North Carolina did something similarly when the whole bathroom bill, remember that when that happened? Mm -hmm. They removed um, some of the uh, champion, the games and things of that nature from the state. Um, But I don't know if this is such short notice. I don't think it happening. Right. And this just ties into the the quote unquote woke agenda that they always try to refer to which is 
because they're against any kind of I guess progress and want to go back to the good old days when folks was just whatever. Um, the state, the chair for the Black Caucus, Ron Reynolds, said we will not be complicit in his attempt to use minorities as pawns for his political gain. So he's following the footstep of DeSantis. Remember, we talked about how he wants to run for for president. president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's following in DeSantis's footsteps mm-hmm. uh, in that aspect. And Lieutenant Governor Patrick, he also said he wants to. That is one of his top priority issues: uh, is eliminating discriminatory diversity, equity, and inclusion policies in higher education. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think they really know what that means. So they don't. But you know what? Since we got the theme music going on, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Let's talk about what's going on in Mississippi. Okay. What's happening? Well, Mississippi, they have a bill that will carve out separate judicial uh, district for eighty percent of the white residents and majority in the, the in Jackson, which is a majority black city. Yeah. So what basically happens in. Uh, this new judicial district mm-hmm. is there will be hand put i cannot get words out today okay. there will be hand selected prosecutors and judges mm-hmm. um there will be you know uh kind of their own system that they have in place now the question of the day is will there be different laws that will govern this new judicial system i don't I don't think that would probably be advertised, but I think that might down the line be an issue of how you can balance these systems and having a different law in one system might be a way that they get around to doing it, which, of course, would be an issue. Um, I don't understand how we even got here, Jackson, Mississippi. I really just don't. Um, Saying the black leadership in Jackson can't protect the 80 percent of white residents that they're drawing out into this new "Quote unquote safe district." That's how they got there. But my thing is, that's how you move there. Yeah. I mean, they it's a black area. It's a majority black city. There's been folks who have floated doing something similar in Austin, and by folks, I mean people in that Capitol building, and some folks outside the Capitol building, of doing something very similar, where you create this what district, this new judicial district. Look how the music changed when you're telling about this. Yeah, go ahead, tell us. Um, it's mystifying. It's about to change um, okay. to something. Mm, okay. Go ahead. But anyway. Didn't get in time. So, uh, yeah. No. So they're going to draw that new district and then um, trying to make, I guess, the white folks there feel safe. There's no other way to word it. Uh-huh. Um, a special police force. I mean, the, the judges are, are picked by the Supreme Court Justice and the prosecutors are picked by the Attorney General for the state. So there's no no accountability for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And the police force will be the Capitol Police. No. So if it's assigned to law, civil rights advocates in Mississippi have expect a number of legal challenges to follow in state and federal court due to the alleged violation of the Voting Rights Act and the Mississippi State Constitution. So should the Senate pass the bill, they will sue because one of the maps just off the face of just looking at the face of the map is discriminatory. It's intent. So, um, you know, they, they can claim that the rising um, crime and things of that nature are concerned. But, you know, it's not believed that that is a legitimate reason to start your own government. I mean, judicial system. Yeah. So, Yeah. Um, and last but not least, I know this happened last week, but I don't know if he's still, is he still in uh, the clinic? 
Yeah. So he had went into the plane for he, health reasons. Hold on. He I, I didn't oh. say. Yeah, I didn't go into it. I, I just didn't know if it was still going on or not. But so, go ahead. Yeah, it's John Fetterman mm-hmm. uh, from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He had health issues uh, last week, and this week uh, he he is getting treated for clinical depression mm-hmm. at Walter Reed. Um, they said he ex- experienced depression off and on throughout his life. Mm-hmm. It became severe in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why I brought this one, this was done on a voluntary basis. Okay. This is the guy, of course, you remember Dr. Oz was running against. You know, right. That, and he was that, running, talking about his health at right. that time. Yeah. He had, he had had a stroke, I believe, during right before the campaign or during the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, but I brought this up to kind of just highlight some more mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so where folks may feel like it's not for me, I shouldn't do it. Here you have a U.S. senator who is saying, you know what? Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. I'm going to get myself checked in and get treated to deal with this depression I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to, you know, elevate the people, highlight the people that folks feel this depression at all different levels. No matter how successful you are, mm-hmm. you can have this depression bout and it's like, okay to go and get some help and get you some treatment. Right. Because, you know, this can easily be used against them in another political campaign or what yep. have you. Uh, and he's like, yo, I, I'm going to get ahead of it. Get new, do what yep. I need to do. Um, yeah. So get ahead of it. Yeah. All right. Do we have time for just a couple legal minutes? Okay, great. So um, legal minute. We're about to jump in. Or did you want to take a break before we jump into this legal minute? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> so singer Rick James, if you remember him. from Chappelle how can you forget Rick because you remember I'm Rick James okay so his estate was hit with a federal lawsuit by three musicians I'm next week yep I'm going to be on it. So they claim that they were stiffed royalties from their 1980 hit. I think it was called Big Time, the name of the song. So these musicians call uh, their names are um, Leroy O'Neill Jackson and James Calloway. Mm-hmm. And the administrator, because one of them has passed since then, of Sonny Davenport. They helped write the song. They actually came to the studio, helped him write the song, and he put it on his album titled Garden of Love. So um, he worked out an unusual deal with them. They were that where he would receive 100% of the pu- publishing royalties uh-huh. and rights for the first five years. After that time, that those rights w- would be reverted to that trio. So since that time, however, which is about 1985, about 1990, I would say, from when the song was released until when, um, uh, I guess the rights would have been reverted. Mm-hmm. Um. They haven't received anything. Oh. So they haven't received anything since 1990. Oh. And um, back in, I guess, uh, maybe in the 90s, they did make some efforts to engage legal counsel to go get their unpaid mechanical uh, writer's royalties. Mm-hmm. But they were turned away because they were unwilling to represent them on a contingency basis. So what that means is they didn't have money for a retainer. So finally... In or about 2020, they did find somebody who was willing to help them, and that's how we are here. So, if you recall, they they um the estate of Rick James have already also settled a um, allegation of sexual assault that was levied against um, the singer. Uh, I guess before, uh, of course, it had to be before he passed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how far. Um, I don't recall, you know, when that timeline was, but I do recall that they had settled that lawsuit right so 
Um, we'll see how this goes. But also, this is a reminder to make sure you check on your copyrights. Yes. And make sure you have your rights, um, you know, assigned to you. Mm-hmm. Um, because it can get ugly. Can I ask you a question? What's up? So, it's not, it's not about one of the stories that's on there. Mm-hmm. But you might know the answer anyway. Okay. Uh, so, you know the, the five officers in Memphis, they pled not guilty mm-hmm. to the murder charges. Today. Mm-hmm. Do you think they can get a fair trial? Because of all the publicity of the incident and what's out there, you know, by law, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be afforded a fair trial, but with unbiased. Right, and we have to have the expectation within every court system that we have some um, decorum and that um, unbiased. Um, uh, form right. to be able to present cases. I guess the same argument could have been made for the same um, in Minneapolis. Was that where it was when um, George Floyd passed? Right. Yeah. Okay. So right, that was Minneapolis, right? Yeah. Okay. So that I mean that same argument could have happened there, right? Mm-hmm. That it was all over the media and things of that nature. Usually, courts and the judges give them the jury um, instructions not to you know indulge in those type of media stories. However, this sometimes it's inevitable because it's all over the news, such as like again the George Floyd situation. Right. I mean, can they get a fair trial? I think yes if they really can separate themselves from the incident and their duty Mm -hmm. that they had you know so i think that that would be probably be on their legal counsel of how they kind of handle that but no to take it to another jurisdiction i don't think that would be you know proper no matter i think this is one of those no matter what jurisdiction you go to yeah your national story on scene it's something i had just been thinking about Mm -hmm. um because I know they've tried before in other cases to move it or make the argument of oh, they can't get a fair trial. It's already been done in the court of public opinion. Everybody is against them. And how can we pick jurors to be par- impartial and in a case like this? And I would hate for that to be the reason that something happens for this trial. So I was just curious. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. It's it's a gamble, mm-hmm. um, of course, as in any case. But um, I think it'll be a fair trial. Like okay. he's like you said, you, you still would have people there that would still want to protect the city in some respects and their reputation and to see whether they really breached their duty um, on that day. Okay. Um, and speaking of which, the people that um, sentencing in the court, mm-hmm. you know, the um, Buffalo shooter, um, the white man who killed 10 people in a racist attack in a grocery store out in like again in buffalo i don't remember the store mm-hmm. um but nonetheless he did plead guilty in november to one count of domestic t- act of terrorism motivated t- motivated by hate 10 counts of first degree murder and three counts of attempted murder and a weapons charge for the mass shooting so um he did receive life sentences for um his act I think he received 10 licenses, if I recall correctly. Um, you know, uh, there was one of the family members that was caught on tape that was kind of lunging toward him um, in anger. And I think that that was kind of uh, talked about on social media, whether that was proper or anything else. But you know what? I can't tell anybody how to grieve. Can't. I can't tell anybody of what it's like to be in that situation because I have no idea what it's like to have. You know, and it was majority elderly people that were killed in this incident, right? Right. So I can't tell somebody who's on a grandmother that was at the store just picking up some milk right. that has ended up 
dead Simply to tell them wrecked. right to tempt to tell them how to feel so with that being said you know i do send my condolences again to the family that they make sure that you know that they are getting the help that they need and the community is coming around them during this time um also within court i mean wow the courts have been busy huh yeah um so if you remember the x x x tension i think i'm saying his name right but mm-hmm. he had a murder trial going on if you recall he was murdered by a group of young um criminals i guess in this instance um or robbers that um uh, killed him for $50,000. They testified during trial that basically they divvied up the $50,000 that they got or were able to get from him and um, divvied that up between the three or four of them that actually committed the robbery. Now, if you recall also that during this hearing, they, they wanted Drake um, to attend the hearing because there was... Um, uh, posts that were made on social media, which I always tell people, watch what you post on social media. You never know how it's going to get you caught up. Mm-hmm. But, and that's why I keep mine at a very minimum. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But nonetheless, um, yeah, Drake posted a couple of years back but while he was alive. Extension, this rapper was alive. Um, uh, that if um, th- th- there was beef between the two of them. And the rapper Extension uh posted or tweeted or i don't know what platform he used that if something were to happen to him to look into drake so of course the suspects in this case or the alleged um vic- i mean criminals in this case um have claimed that they need to look into drake they did the, the police did not do a proper investigation into drake to make sure that he was ruled out of the situation even though one of the robbers have already um admitted and taken a plea deal so um, he's actually testifying and said there was no involvement. I just think there was an opportunity for his lawyer to meet Drake. And that was it. I'm just saying. That's why I think that that's the only plausible reason that I can come up with that he would just have to sit across. They would sit, sit across a deposition table with Drake there. So maybe that was their excitement. Oh, no. I'm not saying the last story because I feel like it's a conspiracy. Okay. Um. So, yeah. Well, you can feel that way because it's your team. It is my team. So, you know what I'm saying? Who that? Yeah, Alvin Kamara going to have some issues. Um, Alvin Kamara got a baby. Congratulations to him. Yeah, he got an indictment from the grand jury, too. Congratulations to his family uh-huh. and the growth of their family. Who that? He said it was self-defense. They stomped that It man. was self-defense. Okay. It's Vegas. People be messing with you and, on the strip, man. That's why you won't be on the grand jury, too. On the jury, <laughs> to Be in the courtroom. I am going to be on the jury because I'm going to tell them. Yeah. Y'all see how these people act in Vegas? Yeah, speaking of acting. Um, <laughs> you see how these people act when they're around Buster Rhymes? Listen, I, that woman, I don't see her touch, touch his behind exactly, but she I mean. She said she did it. She said she did? Yeah, she said oh, she said, oh, she, she said she touched his booty? Yeah. Oh, she said, uh-huh. she said, I didn't mean to touch his behind, honestly. I was just happy to meet him. Exactly. I don't think it was intentional. I was just happy to meet him, and I wanted to pick. It wasn't I've, intentional. I've been a longtime fan. I admit, I shouldn't touch him at all, but it's Buster. I felt like he, I could possibly get a pic, she told. She was trying to just touch the hem of his garment. And she got hit by some water. She wanted to touch the hem of his garment, but the way he turned around was hilarious, though. Uh, make it rain. Okay. Speaking of, you know, artists, since we got a little bit of time, what did you think about the Super Bowl halftime? Uh, I mean, it was all right. Okay. I know some of my friends aren't talking to me right now because... um. 
Hey, y'all, because I know y'all probably listening. Why you got glasses on? Sun shades on? What is this? Because I wear my sunglasses at night. Shout out to um, Patrice. Like I just turned to my right, and there she is with shades on. She hasn't been wearing them this whole time. I wear my sunglasses at night. Hey, yeah, I'm going to do put the back of shades real, on. Real, real quick since we're out of time. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Hit him. Pharrell Williams. He will be the new Louis Vuitton men's creative director. Mm-hmm. So um, just a shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, he'll succeed Virgil. Yep. A blow. Um, so, you know, he's been doing with fashion for a while. And he, Virgil, of course, is another brother. And You know who he looks like to me? Always remind me who of. Who is he? Pharrell. Okay. You know who I would believe with his kid if there was a kid lineup, right? Uh-huh. I would believe his kid off top, Jalen Smith. Oh. Come on, y'all. He looks just like a little Pharrell. Don't be causing Will more trouble. I'm we, not causing him more trouble. I'm just saying. Trying to cause more entanglements. We're getting up out of here. Yep, let's go. <laughs>